0: Welcome to our Sunday morning segment of the Grace Chapel podcast. If you would like more information about Grace Chapel, visit their website, gracechapel.org.au. There you can find more materials in growing your identity in Christ. time a little bit about uh, the word of God I want to point out the fact that uh, to reject the word of God is to reject Christ and we need to understand that God calls us to believe all that he speaks to us and uh, it's very very important so to reject the word of God is to reject Christ so we need to be very very careful about that don't we and um, we see uh, Moses of course was taught the same lesson if we, if we go back to the early part of the Bible go back to the book of Numbers and uh, we're just going to have a brief look at Numbers chapter 20 for the first uh, 13 verses and we see how that, that, that Moses was taught quite an interesting lesson here I'll just put my specs on so I can see a little bit clearer alright so we're just going to look at uh, Numbers chapter 20 starting at verse 1 and going through to verse um, yeah, verse 13. It says the children of Israel came uh, the whole congregation came to the desert of Zin in the first month and the people abode in Kadesh and Miriam died there and was buried there and there was no water for the congregation They gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people uh, or chided, they were arguing with Moses and they spoke saying, Would to God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? And why have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It's a place with no seed, no figs, no vines, no pomegranates, and neither is there any water to drink. Sounds a little bit like Australia over the last few years, doesn't it, with the, the droughts up in New South Wales particularly. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, take the rod you remember the rod that uh, this is, uh, the rod that Moses had that turned into a, a snake before, before Pharaoh take the rod and you gather the assembly together you with Aaron your brother and I want you to speak unto the rock before their eyes now this is the rock that uh, uh, Jacob laid his head on you remember Jacob was running away from his brother and he uh, camped and uh, the Bible talks about he placed a rock as his pillow. What he would have actually done, he would have placed a, a whole lot of, there would have been a whole lot of rocks he would have laid down. He would have put his camel skins and that over the top of them because those rocks have been in the sun through the day. They'd be nice and warm. They would keep him warm through the night. He'd lay his, lay his stuff on top and he would sleep there. But the stone that he used as a pillow, he had this incredible dream. And so that rock, he poured poured a a libation on it, he poured oil on it, he anointed that rock and uh, that rock became a type of Christ and that rock was carried with them wherever they went they would take that rock before them. And so here he says, uh, uh, take the rod and gather the assembly together, you and Aaron your brother, and speak to the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And you shall bring forth to them water out of the rock, and so shall you give the congregation and their beast to drink. What an amazing thing! Here is a rock; it's uh, in, in, uh, about eleven inches, uh, eleven inches thick, and it's uh, about the size of a pillow. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded. And R- Moses and Aaron they gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he and he said, um, "Here now, you rebels! Must we fetch water out of this rock?" And uh, they that that was the second time that uh, that they had to draw water. The first time, uh, the first time he struck the rock. And now the second time he was told to speak to the rock, and. Um, uh, and Moses lifted up his hand, and it says, with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And and look, look at what happened. Because Moses struck this rock this time. Remember, the first time he was told to strike the rock, and he brought water. The second time he was told to speak to the rock. But remember, that rock is a type of Christ. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, because you didn't believe me, and because you didn't sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. You shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them, and uh, because Jesus, Jesus could go to the cross just once, but he cannot be crucified a second time, and so he couldn't be he couldn't be smitten a second time. We really need to understand the seriousness of that, and um, and it's not generally taught, but that's the truth of it. And so Moses was taught this lesson because he failed to depend only on the spoken word because he failed to depend on that spoken word he was excluded from entering the promised land he saw it from a distance but he never entered it and so you'll you'll see that uh, you'll see that God took Moses and allowed him to climb the mountain so he could look into the uh, look into the the, uh, promised land but he couldn't go there and many Christians are puzzled by this incident uh, because earlier like I say, Moses has been told to strike the rock back in Exodus chapter 17, verses one to seven. But, um, uh, and uh, uh, when we go into uh, uh, we're going to 1 Corinthians, and we'll just look there just briefly, we' go to One Corinthians, um, we're going to 1 Corinthians and we will just look at the first four verses there, and, and, and you'll see what happens there. One Corinthians chapter 10, OK? and the first four verses and it says moreover brethren I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea all did eat of the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock which followed them and that rock was Christ that rock was Christ And so, uh, remember, Christ could be struck once, he could die once, but he certainly couldn't be struck twice. And so, for us as Christians, it it is for us to seek God's purpose for our life and boldly claim it. To seek God's purpose and boldly claim it. To reject the word of God is to reject Christ. And so, uh, and so God calls us to believe all that he speaks to us. And sometimes, sometimes he speaks to us through the Bible, sometimes he speaks to us through the prophetic word. And uh, I remember, like I say, I've said it before, when Barry Chant prophesied over me back in 1975 and, and he told me that some of the... Th- he, he, he described what I was going to do and I thought, yeah, and pigs will fly. It's not going to happen. But uh, but I, now I look back and I see it's a remarkable. Barry Champ prophesied those things and it has happened just as he said. And so Moses was taught the same lesson in a sense. Moses was taught a, a lesson because he failed to depend only on the spoken word and because of that he was excluded from entering the promised land. Like I say he saw it from a distance but he never entered it. And many Christians Many Christians, uh, like I say, have been puzzled by that incident. But what I want to teach you today is seek God's purpose for you and boldly claim it, you know, because because it's it's, it's for real. It's for real. In uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 1, to, one to 4, Paul, Paul speaks it out. I should not that you should be ignorant. We don't want you to be ignorant. We want you to know the truth. And we need to understand that spiritual rock was Christ. And so we understand uh, from this, death and life are in the tongue. Uh, death and life are in the tongue. What we say is what we get. Uh, in uh, Psalm 116, basically it says, I believed, therefore I spoke. And, uh, and we find the Psalm it says, I'm greatly afflicted. <laughs> because you, you say it and guess what you get. And, and Paul understood this. Paul understood this and so... We need to speak the word as well as believe it. So reading the word is so important. Uh, one of the one of the blessings that I that I uh, that I really have, have had is when when before I made my decision back in 1974, before I made the decision to get on my knees and ask Jesus to come into my life, I was reading the Bible cover to cover. And and uh, and I read the Bible cover to cover. Uh, twelve times over a period of, of uh, five months and and uh, Evelyn could testify to the fact that I would I would uh, come home from work and we were doing heavy work we were lugging our soft drink around at that time but uh, I would come home from work I would start to read the Bible I would read until two o'clock in the morning I'd go to bed and I'd get up at four o'clock in the morning and continue to read the Bible until I went to work so I'd do a day's work and come home and read like that and I read the Bible. I read the Bible. I read the Bible, and uh, it was like a compulsion that I had to do. It wasn't something I didn't just I didn't just decide I was going to do it, but it was like a compulsion within me that I did it. I didn't get tired. Uh, I didn't even get hungry. I, I just I just spent all this time uh, just going through the Bible, going through the Bible, and it changed my life. It changed my life. In Proverbs chapter sixteen and verse twenty four, it says, "Pleasant words." are like honeycomb sweetness to the soul and health to the body and in Proverbs 18 and verse 21 it says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit Proverbs 21 and 23 says whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble and uh, you can go and look at uh, chapter 25, 11 and 29, 20 uh, speak words of faith it says speak words of faith and you will do well speak out words of faith and you will do well Matthew um, chapter 12 verses 36 and 37 uh, teaches us that our conversation shapes the kind of person we are uh, what, what we are speaking out is important you know, because as we speak it out we hear it back in and so it uh, does us the world of good and so uh, uh, it, it shows the type of person we are and, and it also shows us how we will appear at the seat of judgment. A positive confession seasoned with grace, patience and goodness of God will build a character of holiness and victory. So you got that? A positive confession uh, with the grace, the patience, And the goodness of God uh, manifested in it will build a character of holiness and victory. And uh, while at the same time, negative speech, negative speech uh, develops a life full of fear and unbelief and ultimately is destined for the wrath of God. So we need to ask the question, is our walk, is our life walk, Affected by our talk, or is our talk affected by our walk? I think what we say and what we do profoundly affect us. But uh, I think the idea is the, the the basic idea is we need to be speaking positive things. And Second uh, Corinthians and and uh, five seventeen. Uh, uh, I think you know if we just go into Second Corinthians and five and verse seventeen and. See what it has to say there. Simple. Therefore. Therefore. And when it says therefore, it means because of everything that went before. Okay, so 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if anyone be in Christ, he or she is a new cre- creature, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And verse 18 goes on and says, And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So Jesus reconciled us to God, and our role is to reconcile others to the Lord as well, isn't it? So we we have an obligation to to speak the word at every opportunity. And uh, and and, and live the word. Someone someone, uh, someone came, coined the phrase and said, look, uh, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. And so our words, uh, what comes out of our mouth either condemns us or justifies us. Our true character uh, is visible to everyone by by what comes out of our mouth. Our speech is very very important. And uh, and it's it's our unguarded words that are the true evidence of our character. You know? What comes out of the mouth is what's in the heart. And notice that Jesus said we shall have to render an account of every careless word we utter. This means every every unguarded word or every thoughtless word. You know, you speak something without thing you say something, you say something very negative to someone. Without thinking about it, uh, you know you're going to have to answer for it. And the person who just says whatever comes into their mind, regardless of whether they're good or bad, or whether whether it's uh, gracious or vicious, is uh, is described in uh, in the book of James. Uh, if you go go to the book of James, towards the back of the Bible, you get into, into James, and uh, <coughs> and um, in the book of James and we'll we just go to chapter 3 for a moment and uh, I just want to read a, read a little bit out there James chapter 3 we're, gonna, we, we're just going to have a look uh, at the first 12 verses Brethren Be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation for in many things we offend all if any man offend not in word the same as a perfect man and able also to bridle his whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we are able to turn their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, driven with fierce winds, yet they're turned about with a very small helm, with the soever the governor listeth. It's remarkable, isn't it? You know, you get these huge ships and, and a relatively small rudder, but it's able to turn the ship. Even so, the tongue is a little member, but it boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire starts. And the tongue is also a fire. It's a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, birds, serpents and things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame, for it is an unruly, evil, uh, full of deadly poison thing. Therefore, uh, we're able to bless God, even the Father, with that which we also curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter water, can the fig tree bear olive berries, and can a vine bear figs? No fountain yields both salt water and fresh. You know, we turn the tap on, we get clear water. Praise God we don't get salt water one day and clear the next. But uh, the tap always gives us the same. So we need to understand our true character will be visible to everyone by the speech that is coming out of our mouth. Our our unguarded words are the true evidence of our character. Notice that Jesus said we shall have to render an account of every careless word we utter. That means every unguarded word or every thoughtless word. And the person who just says whatever comes into their mind, regardless of whether they're good or bad or gracious or vicious, is described there, and it's not very nice, is it? So our real character is revealed by our daily conversation. What's coming out of your mouth? Because anyone can speak graciously and politely when they're at church. Anybody can be polite when uh, guests are present. But how do you speak when church is over? How do you speak when you're outside? How is your daily speech when special occasions are, are behind you? It's your careless words that reveal the real you. It's the words you speak when, when, you, when you think you're, you're not being watched, so to speak. And, uh, and God requires us to curb our natural speech and submit ourselves to his Holy Spirit that we may bring glory to Christ uh, who is in us. And, uh, and so we, we have to choose to throw off the old nature and put on the new. Please tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message from Grace Chapel. But